This is the Abrazo's Lounge Podcast, your source for everything iRacing, including race reviews, driver interviews, opinions, discussions, and much more. Here's your host, Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacer's Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacer's Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, Kyle Fleischman, Brad Miller, and special guest, Jason Brown. Hey, guys. Hey, how you doing? Good evening. Hey. All right. Well, uh, let's get started with uh, special guest, Jason Brown. Uh, thanks for joining us here at iRacers Lounge. Uh, Tell us, uh, how did you get your start on iRacing, and uh, how did you hear about iRacing for the first time? Well, I started sim racing with uh, NASCAR Racing from uh, the Sierra um, release, and uh, from there, naturally went to, you know, you get only can race by yourself in AI for so long before you want something more realistic, so... Uh, I went to R Factor and um big talk at the time was iRacing um was was new so decided to give that a shot and here I am. All right. And uh, how often do you race? Like is it daily or weekly or I race um off and on daily. I uh, maybe a couple times a week. Uh we have League races every Monday night, and other than that, it's um, when I can find time. Now, you're involved in a league. Uh, tell us about that. It's the JSRL Sprint Car Series. Is that it? That's correct. The uh, uh, jskins.com Sim Racing League is, uh, right now, we're racing 360 Sprint Cars, which is the uh, iRacing 410 sprint car with a 400-pound um, weight penalty, and it's geared towards beginners to try and um, uh, teach guys how to drive the sprint car and get them comfortable without having their safety rating and i-rating effect. I love that car. And what's with the uh, weight penalty, 400 pounds? I mean, what does that do to the car when you drive it? makes a car a bit less throttle sensitive um with the way i racing has their ladder right now there's not really a um a good go between from what most people would go from the modifieds into a sprint car it's uh really a um a pretty big step and adding that 400 pounds has uh has it it, it makes that transition a little smoother. Okay, so does that mean it's a fixed setup then? No, it's not a fixed setup. It's open oh, okay. setup. Oh, okay. And um, the 400 pounds is added um, from the admin side, and it allows drivers to uh, really the setups, for the most part, if you run a league race on Monday night, you can take that setup on Tuesday and Thursday and, and uh, be comfortable. Right. Now, how many guys do you have run on a regular basis there? Regular basis, we see eight to ten racers. Um, 
it's normally one heat race, 10 laps. And if, uh, if I can get a five car heat, if I get nine guys, I'll split it into two heat races to, um, to set the grid for the 40 lap feature. Nice. Okay. And you do that all in the league section of the website or you do it in hosted or how do you do it? I do it in the league uh, portion. So you have to be a member. All right. And are you recruiting uh, sprint car drivers or want to be sprint car drivers? I love that car. Brad, you were telling me you like that car too. Yeah, I do. They're a lot of fun, but my biggest problem is, is a lot of these things that are fun, like the super late model. I don't want to go race them because I'll lose my hind end. I'll go ahead and practice, but I won't race. You just lose SR or IR and or SR. Well, that's the beauty here of the JSRL Sprint Car Series. You don't have to lose your IR and SR, and you can run a sprint car. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And it's on Monday nights. It's not NIS night, so uh, interesting. Maybe I'll check this out. Here we have a uh, driver's meeting is at 8.30 Eastern time, and that's just to go over um, specifics with the format and get uh, new drivers familiar with how we move from server to server and a uh, little, you know, details as far as uh, the administrative side of it. Um, and we're recruiting if you're, uh, uh, you know, rookie in, in, in the Legends cars and you want to, give it a shot we've got guys that are willing to to help out with setups and and have patience to to help anybody get up to speed well very nice uh we, we talked to a lot of leagues on this podcast and yours is certainly unique by the car you run so um i i certainly like to see that and that's a fun car um what kind of tracks are you running at can you give me a typical rundown of a quick schedule or the past two seasons, we've had, um, we've been going towards a Saturday night short track type thing where um, basically we do the whole season at one track, and that allows drivers to build on a setup from week to week. Um, we have the weather, we follow real world settings, so uh, there's a practice server up right now as we speak. Um, and that's at the time was 85 degrees in linear Georgia. And so that's what the server set up like. And it goes like that for the whole evening. Nice. So, uh, I like how you're following a lot of the traditions, you know, heats and whatnot for, for the main event and those kind of things, uh, like a traditional, uh, small, uh, racetrack would. Well, very cool. Uh, so you, that runs on Mondays, uh, and that's just once a week. Is that what I heard, or do you run other nights? And then what else are, do you? What else do you run besides the JSRL? Uh, there's a uh, team that I help out with. Well, it's really a couple guys um, in the NASCAR iRacing series with uh, crew chief, engineering type role. Um, really the JSRL is the uh, thing that I focus on the most. All right, Jason. Uh, glad to hear you involved in NIS. That's uh, kind of our bread and butter over here at Tifosi Racing. Uh, we run that pretty much all the time. 
Uh, glad to see you're involved there. Uh, what kind of equipment do you have, like wheels, pedals, and how many monitors? I, uh, <laughs> I, I could definitely use some help in the, the, uh, the rig end of the spectrum. I'm racing at a desk with a G27 clamped onto it and a single 23-inch uh, monitor. Well, you know, that's where I started, too, and that's where a lot of us have started with uh, our sim career. But a lot of people stay there. I mean, how long have you run it like that? That's you stuck with it, right? I started out with a old Microsoft Sidewinder non-force feedback wheel, and um, it served me well in R-Factor, and then I got to iRacing, and uh, the the feel in the in, through force feedback especially in iRacing, is something that uh, proves to be pretty pretty helpful. So um, it's served me well, and uh, it gets the job done, that's for sure. Cool. All right. Uh, what about third-party software? You said you're on a single monitor. Uh, do you run anything like TeamSpeak or uh, what, anything else, uh, Dash programs? Right, I use TeamSpeak quite often, and uh, Mu for telemetry logging, and then Motec for analysis. Nice. So, do you feel pretty handy with those programs, or I'm learning. <laughs> uh, John Hammer and and a few other guys in the iRacing forums have proved to be pretty helpful, and um, it's it's a, a lot to learn. You know, I have not been brave enough to personally take that on, uh, the whole telemetry stuff. Uh, Brad, Kyle, what about Carlos? What have you, have you guys done telemetry? Or? Nope. No. I have I analyzed. And what is it? Are you actively using it, and what does it help you do? Well, I haven't used it in about the last month, but it's pretty in-depth software. It'll allow you to see if your splitter's hitting the ground and you can compare to other drivers laps to see where you might be slower than they are and that kind of stuff it's really good software okay and is, and is that the same thing that you're talking about jason that you're using the motec um it, it sounds very similar uh, i use it to analyze to look at like kyle said um the uh, the splitter. I look at roll rates, tire temperatures, um, stuff like that. Yeah, I analyze will do all that too. You can, I mean, you can see how much steering input you're putting in, and your tire temperatures, where you're heating them up. I mean, it's it's pretty in depth software. Yeah, now that's a purchase software. Uh, now the the one that Jason referred to, the Motec, I believe that's free. Yeah, I have a three-year subscription I analyze. You're you're rocking all the good stuff all the time, Kyle. Except for my pedals. <laughs> Soon. Okay, uh, you mentioned you were part of a team. Uh, do you want to uh, announce what that is, or or are you ever driving for the team, or? Where, where do you stand on that? And then finally, what's your most memorable iRacing moment? I help out uh, Michael Baker, Devin Johnson, um, Josh Tanner, and a couple other guys with uh, their setups for the NASCAR iRacing series. 
Um, and my most memorable moment by far has to be uh, the last full season that I ran in the uh, official sprint car series and I won the Division Two championship. So that was pretty cool. Well, congratulations on that. Not everybody can say that, that's for sure. Um, that, that's certainly a feat. And uh, Michael Baker and those guys, yeah, we run with them quite a bit. All right, well, let's jump into topics. Uh, before we do that, uh, Jason, tell everyone how they can get a hold of you or your JSRL Sprint Car Series if they'd like to get involved. Sure, the best way to get a hold of me is through email, and my email is jskinsracing at gmail.com. That's uh, J-A-Y-S-K-I-N-Z racing. At Gmail. All right. Well, very good. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome to uh, chime in on the topic list as we get through it. Uh, Brad, what's the next? Next, we got the Peak Antifreeze Series. Uh, they raced at Michigan. I didn't get to see the, uh, the race, but I watched a little highlight reel. And uh, it looked like their race kind of went like our race. Uh, had a few cautions, some long runs. Uh, Ray Alfala ended up winning it. And uh, Brad Davies was second. He was on older tires. Logan Clampett, Justin Bolton, and Andrew Fyash uh, rounded out the top five. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so Ray Alfala comes on our podcast, and he's part of the iRacers Lounge, and the very next race, he wins? He did. I think there's, you know, that's happened before. We've had drivers on, and they go and have good runs or wins right after they've been on the podcast. And I think our lucky streak continues here with the one and only Ray Alfala. So congratulations to him. Uh, I was watching this on my big screen uh, and off and on, uh, but when he took the lead, I was just like laughing, like, yep, I knew he would. But what about Fiasco, though? Nice run for him. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the, the other guy who always comes on the podcast, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clampett. Clampett. Logan Clampett had a great run. Where did he finish? He was like top five or something. Yep, I think so. Third, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. Fourth. So, oh. and then Fiash, yeah, certainly looked good. Yeah, um, Clampett was third. Yeah, I think Fiash was the one keeping Ray Alfala honest there. I see. Yeah, that's fifth places. Just seems really good for him, despite the way he's been running this year. Yeah, you know, Fiash. Yeah. Well, Alfala had the car. Well, it was definitely an exciting race, and and Davies decided to stay out there and uh, play the play the caution game there, and it was really working into his favor. Ray, Ray it would take him about until he got to about turn three to catch him, and for like I think four restarts, they would get to turn three, and the caution would come out, and it was like they came down to a two lap shootout. If the caution came out again, it was over, and. That's all Ray needed was one lap because he could pass him on that second lap, and that's what he did. He pulled it off to get a one lap. You know, he he led the last lap. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, so Ray did what he had to do, but the big question too is what happened with PJ Sturgios? I show he finished 14th. PJ got caught up in a pitting issue early in the race, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken. And if I recall, at one point during the race, there was a blinker uh, under a caution that ran through two or three cars ahead of him. Does anyone remember that? No, but I heard people talking about it during one of our races. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't have the sound on, but I saw it on the screen. And I'm thinking, oh, they're blinking out just like us, you know. Yeah, they had trouble there towards the end of the race, really getting it back going again. It was that cautions, brief cautions thing that started happening for, I don't know, what, the last 25 laps or so. Well, and it was really, you know, what NIS looked like this week at Michigan, too, as uh, we'll find out when we talk about that some more. But, um, boy, it was a mess with the cautions. And then the blinking, you know, with that one guy taking people out. That was interesting, too. So, anyway, point lead goes to Ray Alfala now by 15 points. Yep, he leads P.J. Sturgis, uh, Jake Sturgis, Chris Overland, and Dylan Duvall. Well, really only P.J. is in the running uh, 15 points back. Jake Sturgios is almost 100 points back. Right. So we saw P.J. Uh, remember at Watkins Glen take the win uh, from Michael Conti on the last lap pass with a bump and run to take the points lead. And then the next week, Ray Alfala takes it back, you know, and commandingly too, 15 points. And there's only three races left, I think. Yeah, something like that. But so I think, yeah, Ray's in, the, Ray's in a good spot right now. Uh, PJ's really going to need to dig here. Yep. All right. Uh, I don't think we had any world championship stuff, did we? I don't believe so, no. Okay. So we'll jump over to NIS, Michigan. I'll go first. Uh, I finished P9 um, on Wednesday. That was a great run, like a win for me. Uh, another thing that was fun was almost all of my teammates were in the same split. I think it was all but one of us. Um, and that was kind of neat because that, that hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, the long runs were killing me. And what happened with it, you know, once we got some cautions, then it, you know, played right into my plan. I'm a short run guy for sure at this track, and I could drive forward usually. And I did do that on that last run and drove up there to a P9. So, but, uh. Thursday, I could not run. iRacing went down. Um, they sent a Twitter out uh, that night, 5.56 p.m., when the race started at 6 p.m., and said, uh, sorry for the downtime. The team is working to get everything up and running. Now, uh, Kyle, I understand you actually got in, and uh, teammate Dave Smith did too, but uh, Brad and myself and others couldn't. No, I'd raced. Oh, you got in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I got into a race. My split had Division Two through Division Ten drivers on it. That was really awkward. Now that was because nobody could get in, but a few people, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like car thirty-one, 
in mine and uh i basically got killed but i got my points out of that race i finished 17th but i scored a whole lot more points than what i ought have just because of the people that i was racing against yeah i know jose missed the race i missed the race uh so i wasn't really happy about that i you know it seems like the connection problems and everything just seems to be getting worse it's not seems to be getting better but anyway uh friday got wrecked out saturday i got wrecked out so um and then sunday bad finish too so i only had the top the p9 so how'd you do brad for the week yeah, I really liked Michigan. Um, I had a 6th, a 17th, a 9th, a 9th, a 4th, and a 13th. So, uh, I rating climbed about 200 and SRs maxed out. So, uh, I, I like Michigan. It sounds like you made every start there. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> oh, you do like this track. I do. Well, good run. Uh, what was the best? You said fourth? Fourth. Great. Uh, Dusty Rhodes won that race. That was uh, that was a really good Sunday morning run. Dusty Rhodes is quick at Michigan. He is. He is. I couldn't run him down. I, I had fresh tires, and I think the front two... Uh, had fresh tires and we drove it off in there and uh, I about killed myself but it was a, it was a fun race you know Michigan is uh, it's such a a handling dependent racetrack you know on, on NASCAR they talk about it you know being such a horsepower track but with the turns being so you know wide sweeping and and it seems like you're in a lot of the turns for such a long amount of time it's you really got to have the handling down to be competitive yeah you do I, I think if you miss your lift point if you miss your braking point uh it, it can just blow the turn i mean just blow it all the way till you're on the back stretch somewhere yeah, I always end up running into the wall coming out of two. Uh, if you don't get the arc right or the you know the apex, it just goes straight to the wall. Yep. So somebody put out a video on YouTube of the last lap or so of the top split uh, wreck on Sunday night. And it was kind of fun to watch. Uh, second place takes out first, second, and third. And wrecks the entire field basically uh, on a, on a late restart. Uh, typical uh, Michigan this week, uh, which brings me to Carlos. Uh, let's talk about your week. Oh God! I know you've had a mixed open. block here. Let's just say open. We're gonna skip. But uh, open. What was my best finish? Seventeenth, I think. Yeah. Oh my God! That was actually a top ten run, actually. But engine blew up. Half a lap to go. Made me want to quit, and that was my second attempt. I wrecked on the first one, and that Christian Chalner was actually in a in that race too. And I think he posted a video of that wreck that happened. I left right before that, or somebody posted a wreck on that last restart, and some geniuses took out the 
I think top four fastest guys. I missed it all too because I left because I was, well, frustrated. And then fixed. Oh, that was fun. I only ran one race, which was on a uh, Sunday yesterday. Ran that race. Finished seventh, actually. All due to strategy. Because some clown uh, got into me, wrecked me. Not going to name names, but <laughs> it's hilarious how many people came to my defense. Yeah, it was inter- Well, I'm not going to name a name either, but the uh, the guy we're talking about actually posted up a video on his page, and, and like every comment on it was like, "Dude, you didn't give him any room. You know, that's really your fault." You see, I thought he was three wide. You know, when he came down to it, or what he was talking about, it, I thought it was he was three wide. That's why I kind of wanted to recheck the replay, but no, there was no car next to him. He's just hogging the entire track, and I had to come up a little bit. You know to make the corner and well look who was there and uh yeah he was real mad over the chat and i said hey it's not my fault i could save it and you couldn't something like that i don't know is we'll just move on to darlington where one of us probably put ourselves on the wall because then that's that's all that's gonna happen next week or this week well seems like you always uh develop these rivalries late into the season carlos uh but I was like, I didn't have a problem with, you know, with him at all against me, but once he brought my team into it, that's when I start having issues. Yeah, I think Keith had some problems with Jose uh, just last week, so. All right, well, uh, let's move on. Well, let's, let's see. Uh, Kyle, I forgot to go through your races. We talked about yours briefly, but you want to talk some more about, you know, the various starts you had? Wow. The open stunk. Um, both open and fixed this week. I qualified in the top ten. Actually, it was fourth and seventh for all my races I ran. Um, kudos to teammate Dave Smith for giving us a pretty solid setup this week. And um, the open on Wednesday night, I was up the third fastest car on the track and ended up getting taken out by a lapper. Finished 25th. I ran the fixed on uh, Thursday. And I can't remember. I must have wrecked out. I got 16th in that one. Um, ran the open again Friday. Finished 23rd. And was unable to qualify, actually. And then I ran the fixed again Saturday morning at 6 o'clock. And started seventh, finished seventh. So I guess the seventh and the fix was my best this week. I did run a truck race and won in Michigan. So that was good. Nice on the win. Yeah, I remember you getting wrecked a lot. So yeah, it's unfortunate. All right. And uh, as we leave NIS, any thoughts on Darlington coming up here? Uh, you guys got to run. A special paint scheme? I'm not. I don't think it's going to matter. It's just going to be Michigan 2.0. Oh, no, it's going to be worse. This time the car is wrecking the entire freaking lap. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not very good at this track, but um, I can usually survive. Well, Carlos, are, what, about your, what about your paint? Are you going to change paints? Mummy? 
for yeah for you know throwback uh scheme. well whatever i ran last week i'm keeping it for this week it was supposed to be for somewhat of a throwback i kind of changed some things around and so yeah i yeah, am running something different well i what i did is uh i run toyota of course i don't know why i wouldn't run anything else and uh been running the springfield armory xds pistol paint uh recently all, all the season but uh for this week i'm gonna run the chevy ss and i'm gonna run the tide ride the uh, orange uh yellow and white uh daryl waltrip style tide ride so i used to run that back in the day if anybody remembers didn't yep. you run that on the toyota I did at one point. Uh, it was a more modern tide uh, paint oh. job on the Toyota. So I'm not going to monkey up my Toyota mate, uh, paint job. I'm going to go ahead and just run to Chevy for this week. And uh, and that's how I'm going to do that. So, All right, that'll Brad. Be, that'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be different. Okay, the next uh, topic we have here is about uh, Sam Schmidt. Uh, he was an IndyCar driver. Wait, you're uh, you're too far down on the list. Go on the page. Uh-oh. About the uh, website updates. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I was getting ahead of myself. Uh, iRacing sent out a thing here um, to a, it, it says, kind of a small number of people. And what it's doing is it, is it asks them... Uh, questions at the end of their race just some information gathering stuff uh, and you check a box it says uh, connection quality frame rate fun competition tells you it only take a few seconds and it does just take a few seconds because I've been getting them I don't know how many other people are but I know a few in our team are no I think it's everybody gets this okay yeah, it's just when you get that events results, uh, it has a survey on it, and it's a you know one to five star thing, and I've been filling it out. And guess what? I'm given for connection issues because I'm always, you know, blinking out. I'm giving them one star, you know, because, and and I think that's why they're doing this. They want to see how many people actually have problems, you know, and and this might be a good way to for them to get you know that information so make sure to fill out the survey is what I want to tell people if you you know it only takes a moment takes a couple clicks of the mouse take a moment and do it because you know what that's going to help iRacing determine where to put their resources and what to work on you know and what's the most important thing yeah I fill them out uh, that night that uh, that Wednesday night that the site was down I gave it a one was it Thursday was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday's when it went down. Yeah, because we couldn't right. get in. Uh, it also says they've adjusted the Steam user accounts uh, to make it easier. Now, when you use Steam uh, and connect to the iRacingMembers.com for the first time, they will uh, have to create a password. Then they could change their password to access their account. Uh, without kind of going through Steam, but they kind of are. Yeah, I don't so know I, why. I, I, I guess that's cool, but I don't guess I know anybody that uses Steam. Of course, I guess it's something I've never asked anybody either. 
Carlos, you have Steam. Yeah, but I don't. I don't uh, do iRacing through it. So why do people do that? Do you understand what's going on? No, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, I used Steam what two years ago for Call of Duty or something, maybe. But I never did racing with it. Yeah, see, I have Steam. I have probably 30 games in my library, but I don't do iRacing through it. It's just a game host engine is all it is. At least it's not Origin. Don't like it. Yeah, true story. <laughs> okay, Kyle, what's next? Well, next is a story about a 88, well, 89 now, year old gentleman who races on iRacing. And uh, there was a forum post by his son saying that he was turning 89 and still doing hosted races, but he's starting to have eye trouble, so hopefully he'll be able to do more when he's had his high eye surgery. Well, the gentleman's name is Monty Smith. Anybody's raced with him. If you see him around, wish him a happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to Monty Smith. They're from Australia. And uh, I was wondering when I saw this post, I wonder if he's the officially the oldest iRacer that's active. And I wonder if there's others out there that are older than that. So if you know anybody older than that, let us know. I'd be interested to just, you know, figure out who's the oldest. But there's got to be some guy, you know, that's the, the oldest out there, you know, that's that's running with us. All right, I have I think the next cool. topic. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I hope I'm still running when I'm 89, you know. That's kind of a uh, hope and dream I have. I hope I'm still alive and, and kicking uh, to even be that old, uh, let alone run iRacing. Uh, okay, so let's talk September build. Um, the big thing that, that iRacing has been promoting over the last week or two is Le Mans, the track coming in September. So we know that Le Mans is going to be released in September. Wait, so we don't got know a if it's, plan? We don't know if it's with the actual build or no. if it's going to be somewhere within the month of September. But uh, they've, they've really been actively promoting a, a, a picture on social media that says just that, Le Mans in September. So what else do you guys think is going to be in the, the big build in September besides this track, which is huge, by the way? Don't know. Yeah, I don't oh. have any idea. Well, remember Flying Flags. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what else, you know? So there was a lot of speculation in some of the forum posts I was reading about what else might be included. They were hoping a new tire model because they had mentioned that the the dirt stuff had led to new discoveries with the the, the asphalt tire and, uh, you know, stuff like that. You know, people hoping and dreaming and, hey, you know, finish Long Beach and give us Pocono and, and uh, you know, all the different repaves and stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love Especially a better Pocono. All right, IndyCar. At Long Beach or something like that. 
Well, remember Long Beach was a technical track. They didn't finish yeah. the artwork. And they released it, what, two years ago? And they said, oh, yeah, we'll finish it in a little bit. You know, we'll finish it. We're just getting it out there. Yeah, I don't guess I've ever ran there. Well, it's like a half price of a normal track because it's a technical track. And it's basically yeah. just the road itself with just like the, the buildings are just wires. Yeah, they're not like finished. They're not complete yet, but the track's pretty much there, you know, completely laser scanned and everything. But I don't know. I wish they would get it done. The well, they always start run. stuff like that and don't finish it. It was kind of a pet peeve of mine, you know? Yep. Or so go and scan a track and then never release it. You know, the imagine just sticking an IndyCar there. It'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so y'all are going to let me talk about Sam Smith again? Yes. Okay. Uh, Sam Smith was an IndyCar driver. Uh, and he was in a uh, practice crash in 1999 and that rendered him a quadriplegic uh, he has won IndyCar races and uh, actually he finished uh, fifth in 99 in the season that was before he became a quadriplegic and uh, he's been doing a little bit of eye racing and I, I remember his name doing the uh, the pro race charity thing that some of the drivers do i know it has like drag racers in it and yep. i think i think timmy hill was in it uh last year yeah so he's currently an indy car owner actually uh yeah but uh it, it was it, it never occurred to me that this man was a quadriplegic doing eye racing and uh a company built him things to help him drive since he can't use his arms and what it is is he tilts his head he has a base a special baseball cap on he tilts his head to turn left or right then he has two straws that he either blows on or bites and that gives him throttle control and brakes and that is pretty cool and and uh there is a company called uh, uh, Semi-Automotive uh, Motor Vehicle. It's a uh, Colorado-based Aero Electronics. And they have got a Corvette rigged up for him to drive for real using the same technology as what he used in iRacing. And I think that's phenomenal. Well, yeah, this is this is a neat story because, yeah, last year he did run the iRacing Pro Race of Champions, and this company, Era, who make these devices, uh, worked with him on setting up that, that hat and that straw thing that you described. And they've taken it to the next step now, you know, and they've, they've developed it for iRacing, but now they've put it in a real car, and now he's driving a real car with it. And, you know, that was kind of the neat part of this article that I liked is he said, quote, we use identical hardware on the simulator and on the car itself. 
Our testing and development procedures test out new technologies, different ways of controlling the car using your head, your mouth, and so forth in the game, and then you take it outside and put it in the vehicle. It's been very helpful in our development. So that's the neat thing is now iRacing is being used as a tool to basically develop a way that a quadriplegic can drive a car, and that's amazing. It is. And uh, another neat part about the article is Sam, driving that Corvette you referenced, actually went up Pikes Peak Mountain in Colorado Springs, Colorado, which, uh, if you've ever seen, is quite a drive, even if you're a good, normal driver. Uh, it's very curvy. If you go off the road, you're going to die kind of thing. Yeah, I've watched Pikes Peak Hill climb on TV before. That is... Uh... You better have some cojones to do that because you're right. The drop off will kill you. Oh, that's terrifying enough in dirt rally. Right. It's freaking hard. So anyway, just an update on Sam Schmidt and uh, the work he's doing. You know, we've seen him in an indie car where they developed a, you know, where he went around an oval once, but this is quite different. He's in a Corvette going up the Pikes Peak Hill Climb up and down it and that takes amazing car control okay and uh it's, it's just amazing that a quadriplegic can drive a corvette up and down pike's peak um pretty cool you'd be amazed like not to go too far off topic but my mom was a nurse at the va hospital when i was growing up she was actually on a uh, quadru on a paralysis floor i used to get to know some of the veterans that were there and the things that they do just to get through everyday life is crazy. Yep. So it's neat, these companies developing tools uh, so they can drive. Because, you know, I, I, I think a lot of these people that are in that or have that condition, I don't think they ever occurred to them that they could drive a car. But, you know, this kind of technology makes it possible. Yep. All right, uh, Kyle, what's next? Well, next, we we touched on this topic last week, but bring it back up again, um, the Road to Pro series. And it looks like Tyler Hudson's actually been active on the forums, basically telling people, you know, don't, don't lose hope, try it out. Might be able to run with them. Yeah, he said, uh, quote, the series is going to be crazy. I think it will be extremely competitive and a lot of good guys not making it into the peak. Um, I'm I'm keeping this as a topic from week to week because I want to promote this. I want everybody to run this. I think this should be a very popular off-season series if we can get people to run it. Um, you know, and it's a very NASCAR-like series, especially with the 43 starters. Now, did you see one of the responses there in the forums from the first... Uh inaugural uh, peak antifreeze championship winner talking about some stuff uh richard tyler remember you won the first championship oh he is the first i didn't know that so he was yeah, he's uh, in here. first guy yeah, he's just talking about something i didn't know why he just, i just saw his name and yeah there was well there was another thread too uh i don't have it here but where people were 
basically saying, I'm running for pro, you know, like raising their hand and saying, yes, we're going to make a run at pro. And, and it was, I don't know, it was kind of mean because there were some drivers that, that would post something like that and you would look at their I rating and their I ratings like 1100 or something. And then people would make fun of that. They would, you know, be sarcastic, say something sarcastic because we all know if he has 1100 I rating, he's not going to actually, you know, get a, a, a black license. Because you really, so I'll just spell it out for people that don't understand what I'm saying. You have to really have an I rating above 5,000 to even be, even get into the top split so you can get enough points to get into the top 20 in points to get a black license. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. That's why I say I'm just going to run it for fun because I'm only around to 2,000. <laughs> right. We're all lower than that, but we're still going to run it because it's a great series, and why not? And it's limited to the A license. There's a lot of neat things I like about it. Carlos, what do you think? Is it 5,000 and up you'd really have to be at, or is it some other number? 6,000? I don't know. I'm guessing 5,000. Hell, last year, last year, some of those uh, races they were running in the A Open... The the SOF races, at least, I was able to get into a top split, and I wasn't even 4,000 yet. But things are so much more competitive now. So, yeah, I guess 5,000 above. Yeah. Yep, very competitive. And uh, Road to Pro, guys, check it out. I think it's October through January. No, it's November. They released the schedule. November 7th is the first race at Texas. And it finishes out January 23rd at Daytona. Oh, nice. And it's confirmed Tuesday at 2100 Eastern. Yep, and then they also released the uh, Road Pro Series as well schedule, starting out at Interlagos on November 5th and finishing out January 21st at Nuremberg Ring. Wait, what's 2100? Is that 9 o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. And they also reduced the Blank Pain Endurance series, November oh, to yep. January. Yeah, I didn't scroll down far enough for that one. Three of them. Now, I want to focus on the schedule. Let's pick it apart a little bit because I had read a thread that was kind of uh, critical about where the drop weeks happen. Uh, it says in the orange box, one drop between week one and six. And... The other thing was, look at the uh, third to last race on January 9th, Sonoma. It's a road course, guys. And that's not drop week eligible because that's week seven. That's right. So a lot of people were like, whoa, how come we can't drop Sonoma? And why is Sonoma even in here? Yeah, I figured it would be the Glen since that's what the peak ran this year. Huh. There were people begging for the Glen. There were be- people begging to get rid of Sonoma and get it. There were people that were saying, let's start a petition to iRacing. You know, they were like not happy about this. I think it is what it is. I mean, if you get made a pro, you're going to have to go race there anyway. Get over it. Well, bingo. Yeah, that's what some people said too as a, as a rebuttal. So, I mean, I, I hate the place, but. It's on the schedule, so there it is. I see you try to run like uh you know, all the Xfinity road courses they run. You know, like I have been on this past three or four weeks. 
I kind of learned quite a bit in road racing because of those tracks and these cars. But I don't know. Sonoma's a completely different beast. Yeah, the cup car. Well, uh, any other surprises on the schedule? I mean, the last race, Daytona. Wow. I don't mix it up. You know, if you're a complete crapshoot there. If you're on the edge of getting in for your black license and you have to go to Daytona to finish it off and get caught up in a wreck. And, and, and think about it. There's no other starts. It's one start per week, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Yeah, I hate I that like part. It. Oh. <laughs> so you like it. You hate it. So, yeah. Why? In my, my schedule, my work schedule, I can't take days off to go racing. That's, no. you know. Right. I like the Tuesday at 9 o'clock. It works for me. So, cool. All right, let's uh, move on uh, to Brad Wren, who's commonly on our podcast and on our team, Tafosi, one of our top drivers, too. Uh, he got a promotion at work, uh, so congratulations to Brad. Uh, and he actually told us he's leaving iRacing to go live in the country with no Internet. Uh, and I think he said Virginia. So is there parts of Virginia that don't have internet? Yeah, he's going back down outside the Richmond area where he was originally before he moved. Uh, I think it was four years ago up to Maryland to take a job. So. Okay, so we wish him well. And uh, he's going to be missed for sure here at Team Tifosi. Uh He certainly became a team leader uh, right away and really fit in well and was one of our best setup guys for sure. And, uh, in fact, several of us told him, you know, hey, you're not off the team. You'll be back. You'll get another promotion. You'll move again. You'll find a way to get Internet and uh, and get back with us. So, Brad, we're waiting for you. Get back when you can. Hopefully soon he's got a championship to win. Well, that's the thing. He was running third in points, uh, which is very disappointing because uh, we've been working so hard on that, trying to support him. And uh, make sure he, you know, had a good run. But third in points in Division Two, uh, but he did miss last week. So uh, and he's going to miss this week because he's moving and very busy with the new job and stuff. So unfortunately, he's not going to win that championship this year. Well, he got moved down to fifth now. Yeah. Yeah, you but can't miss a you can't miss a week. You know the way it works. It's so competitive. He's top twenty, I think, wasn't he in the uh, overall as well? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Doing very well. So, Brad, I hope to have you back soon. You always have a home here with Team Tifosi. Uh Brad, what's next? I don't know. I didn't see my name. Oh. The connection issues since the last update with the red Q bar. I left this on here just because it's an ongoing issue, and there's really been no update uh, from iRacing that I've seen since they said they were turning it over to network engineers almost two weeks ago. So, uh, so yeah, we'll keep uh, our eye on that, but people continue to, to post to these forums. This one thread has 14 pages now. 
And I'm sure there's many others that have the problem that are just that are not posting it, you know. So, how are, how's your guys' connection issues been recently in the last week or so? I've been fine. Yep. All right. So we had the thing yeah. Thursday night where people couldn't get in. I I have my regular blinking that's been the same for almost a year now. But I see people drop out of all the races on me, and there's at least two or three that drop out, it seems like, every race. Yeah, I've been seeing, like, maybe one or two people. It's usually the same person, though, that drops out of my races. But I know, like we talked about earlier Thursday night, the team couldn't get in. I ended up getting in. Um, but for the most part, I haven't really seen too much as of late compared to before. Yeah, I haven't either. I, you know, but it's also been summertime. You got thunderstorms rolling around parts of the country. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons why people will disconnect, but uh, I haven't seen like the rash of it that we had, say, a month ago. Right. Yeah, true. Seems to have leveled back. All right, next was. A post by Dave Gosselin in the forums, who's an iRacing employee, uh, reminding everybody that DX9 is going away soon. It's already the uh, the default for new installs. Uh, he's referring to DX11, and we're only putting the bare minimum amount of effort to keep it working as far as DX9. The majority of new graphical features we are adding to the sim will be DX11 only. So it's just a friendly reminder. If you're not on DX11 yet, you might as well switch it over because I'm guessing the September build, you know, it's going to switch over. And if not the December build, you won't have the option. I actually just switched mine back to DX11 this week. I did it when it first came out, and then there was all those crashing issues and stuff, so I switched back to 9, and I just forgot to switch it. But I just switched it back to 11 this week. There you go. So here's your friendly reminder. Okay, here's your question. I'm still on nine. Um, is there anything I should do or look for or prior to switching? What is there any kind of a uh, thing I should know that I don't know? Just flip a switch. <laughs> yeah, run a run a race and see what happens. Well, the last time I tried to do it, I, I did have trouble with getting my three screens to line up right and everything else, and I finally got mad at it and switched back to nine, and then everything looked good again. I didn't even notice that when I did it. I just flipped the switch to DX11 and went racing. Yeah, really? if, if your graphics are messed up, what I would suggest is on the website, if you go to the settings, there's a uh, auto-config thing you can launch that reconfigures your video graphics. And you might want to run that once after you've switched it. Okay. And that's the thing, run a, a test race too, and go make sure that you're getting the right frames per second, you have enough frames per second. If you need to turn down or turn off some graphic options or turn them on, uh, that kind of stuff, you know, make sure you, you know, check it. Yeah. 
All right, well, I'll have to do that sometime this week. I got this week off. Okay. Uh, next up, I found uh, iRacing job opportunities, and they have three job openings listed, web engineer, vehicle dynamics engineer, and software engineer programmer. So uh, if you want to work for iRacing, that's certainly a possibility. Um, it is based out of uh, Bedford, Massachusetts, where they're located. Now, one thing that caught my eye and I wanted to take note of was they have what's called a mission statement that a lot of human resource people work on stuff like that called a mission statement or, you know, what is our company about and what are we, when did we start and what are we doing and that kind of thing. So I'm going to read you the mission statement because I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh iRacing.com Motorsports Simulations, headquartered in Bedford, Massachusetts, was founded in September of 2004 by David Kamer, co-founder of Papyrus Racing Games, and John Henry, principal owner of the Boston Red Sox. iRacing.com's mission is to create the world's leading and most authentic PC-based racing simulation and grow a new branch of motorsports through real-time online competition, otherwise known as sim racing iRacing now has over 40,000 members and growing every day. iRacing is always looking for talented individuals to join the team. We offer a rewarding culture and competitive salary and benefits. So, cool. Yeah. And I would say they do have the world's leading and most authentic PC-based racing sim. So, good job. Uh, Brad, you want to start off on hardware? Uh, I can. I'm clicking on it. Nothing's coming up. It's Fanatec. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go to the Fanatec story. They have the new uh, thing out, right? I guess I'll just do this. Uh, CSO, what, Elite Wheelbase that we're looking at? Yeah, and the titles. new Elite series, yeah. Which pretty much costs the same as uh, Thrustmaster 300, isn't it? Or T300? One of their, what, cheaper brands, I guess, or models. Well, they have prices listed here. Wheelbase, 299 US. You get a single belt drive system with powerful servo motor, which is stronger than the Club Sport Wheel V1. And then you all you got the pedals, the elite pedals, just one ninety nine, and get a full solid full metal three pedal set where the whole brake pedal arm is a load cell sensor and measures up to ninety kilograms of pedal pressure. Man, these <laughs> the base pedals that come with it look so much better than the Driving Force GT. Even though it's just two pedals, but you can order the other ones. Well, it says in the story that uh, it's retailing for two ninety nine. It's going to fit in between the V one and V two wheels. It uses the same kind of brushless motors as the V two, and the wheel rotation was bumped up to ten ten eighty, so it matches the uh, three hundred RS and the five hundred RS from Thrustmaster. 
Yeah, simracingpaddock.com did a nice write-up on this. I mean, it looks like a nice solid uh, piece of construction there. Yeah, I got a question for you, though. When you when you buy this, it says the base. You don't get a wheel with it? Nope. No, you got to buy the rims separate. The rim, That's yeah. a Fanatec thing. Ugh. Now, how much are the rims, then? Well, they vary, don't they? Yeah, it varies. I was actually looking into going Fanatec um, next year. I did the pedals this year. I was looking to upgrade my wheel next year. And uh, I was... I was looking at five ninety nine for their other base, and then I think it was another. Boy, I can't remember. I think it was about a hundred and fifty or something. Yeah, the wheels aren't cheap. So they have they have a package. And by the way, hello guys. It's Lance. So they have they have a package that they sell. That's the wheel base, one wheel, the CSL wheel, um, and the pedal kits, the pedal set with the load cell kit. Um, I believe it was six ninety nine, so it's right around the same price point as the Thrustmaster wheel, maybe just a little bit more. Right. Um, I also watched some reviews on on the equipment itself, and uh, it looks pretty solid. The load cell brake actually has some rubber bushings. Uh, it's like a stack of little rubber bushings uh, that compress to give you that hydraulic feel without actually having a hydraulic brake. And it's a That's quick disconnect wheel, right? Yes. Yep, it's a quick disconnect wheel, and from what I read, it works with any of the Fanatec hubs. I'm sorry, any of the Fanatec rims. What if I said, oh, I want to get a Momo wheel from Max Pappas. Could yep. I do that? Yep, it'll bolt right on there, or clip right on there, I should say. So could you use, like, the universal wheel hub? Yep, they've got that universal wheel hub that'll fit uh, Momo wheels and all, all that uh, all that stuff. It's a really versatile thing fa uh, Fanatic's got going for them. That's awesome. I love the look at the base. It looks solid. I mean, it really does. Yeah, yep, the, it looks sharp. <laughs> the only thing it's lacking from the old uh, V1 and the new V2 is that uh, clear acrylic uh, window up top so you can see the belt drive. Yeah, why do you need to see it, you know? That's probably why they're saying that it's in between the one and the two, then. Yeah, apparently it's got a stronger brushless motor system than, than the V1, but it's not quite to the spec of the V2. And it's a plastic housing as opposed to the metal. So you're saying the V2 is still a better value, or better well, quality? Well, according to this right up from uh, sim racing it has the same kind of brush motor brushless motor as the v2 it's just built to be the in-between version of the v1 and v2 going for 299 so it must be like the v2 that plastic window and stuff is like the top of the line look maybe yeah and i i can't imagine it's the same motor i imagine it's the same type but it's probably not the same horsepower well, true, yeah. Well, I certainly have always flirted with the idea of getting a, a proper racing wheel that was quick disconnect, which the quick disconnect is very appealing to me because I also use this cockpit to work in. And if I could get the wheel out of my face, which right now it's in my face all the time, uh, that'd be awesome. 
I toyed with the same idea. That's why I was kind of thinking about going that way next year because now when I want to use my keyboard tray, I got to loosen the two bolts and let my wheel slide down to the, you know, as low as it'll go so I can swing my tray over in front of me. Yep. Yeah, I really like it. It's it's something I would uh, definitely look into. I, I actually looked into it and I saw the price of the other one. I said, well, that ain't going to happen for a while. Yeah, I was actually thinking about going V2 base, and that was five ninety nine. This is only two ninety nine, so might right. be a good look. Right, right. It would make me look harder anyway, because I, right. I got I got the V3 pedals there. I don't know when we were at Bristol in the spring, and uh, took me a while to get used to them, but I, I really I love them. I love them. So now to have a steering wheel that would be made from the same company uh, I think I would expect a lot well doesn't have yeah, the V2 yep yeah and to get a full size NASCAR wheel too on it you know not a tiny toy G27 diameter I don't know I like this formula Ram it looks pretty nice <laughs> I'd probably want a round one I'm an oval guy well, there's I was one debating on like, doing them both. Yeah, there's one that looks like the looks like it's for Xbox, but it just has the buttons on it. I'm pretty sure it works for PCs, but that's just a round wheel. I've yeah. always had my eye on the uh, flat bottom uh, BMW rim and uh, one of the Formula rims. Those those are really great, and I'd get the most use out of those. I like the round one. Yeah. Yeah, All right. if you had one that had a quick disconnect, you know, you buy one, and then when your wife says, what do you want for Christmas? Well, honey, <laughs> there's this other steering wheel I'd really like to have. A sandwich, back to the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> if my G27 died today, and I do have good pedals already, I would probably be looking at this as my first choice. Oh, yeah, yeah it's sure. definitely... It definitely has a lower profile um, uh, base than the Thrustmaster wheel, which which appeals to me because I like you, Mike. I use my computer for my racing rig for a lot of stuff, and um, that detachable wheel and that low profile base is is uh, is a big selling point. And I think when it does come time for me to upgrade, I'm going to look at something like this because it's it's cost it's co not cost as cost prohibitive as the uh, the other stuff, the higher end product. That's the biggest reason why I haven't gone with the 500 RS. Dave Smith has that. I personally used it at his house, my brother. And that's the one thing that steered me away from it is being able to see over that hub. I just couldn't stand that base. So, like you said, I'm, I'm considering that now, too. Because I was thinking about the T300 because that's got a lower profile base. So what's the next step up uh, if you were to go, well, I want something better than all this. It's the the Sim Experience wheel, right? Well, I, I believe so, yes. Yeah, AccuForce. Yeah, AccuForce. Well, if and you got that kind of money. That's a lot. That's a big jump up in price from what we're talking about. And AccuForce is really small based. And then there's uh, SimuCube, or OWB as people call it, 
where it's a like a open source project kind of wheel uh, where you kind of put all the parts together and people have written software and stuff. And we talked about the Simu Cube, where somebody would put all that stuff together in a box, and then you would just have to wire that to a, a motor. But this is a much more attractive thing for me, because I want to buy something that I don't have to build. You know, I just want to bolt it on and race. Right. All right. Uh, final topic. Uh, Digital Race Engineer is a voice attack plugin I've been testing. And I got it working good thanks to a listener, uh, Ricky Thompson, uh, who contacted me uh, after the last episode where I was discussing some of my troubles about it. And he uh, instructed me on how to set up a push to talk button for voice attack. So now I have a wheel uh, on my wheel, I have a button mapped to push to talk for voice attack. So if I need to talk to voice attack and say, right side tires only, or no fuel, or what's my eye rating, or who is in front of me, or any of those other kind of questions, uh, I do that with a new button, uh, push to talk. And what that's doing is that's stopping voice attack from listening to me uh, when I don't have the button pushed. And I think that was part of the problem I was having at Bristol if you remember, the ignition keeps shutting off on me, and, and the voice attack thing was just going crazy. And I don't know if it was because it was at Bristol and the short laps, or if it was hearing all this other stuff I was saying, or what. But uh, it is working good. It's not crashing. I am running the free version. Um, it's really growing on me. I'm starting to like what it does. Um, it has a neat feature where it will type whatever you say. So, like, you know how people type when they're racing up above and you can see them typing? Like, how do you do that while you're driving? Well, with this program and everything, what you do is you say, begin typing, boogity, boogity, boogity. And it literally does it. It's, you look up and it says, boogity, boogity, boogity. And then you hit the enter key and it sends it. So, I mean, whatever you say, will immediately type it out for you. So it's kind of neat for that text chat stuff uh, during a race. Uh, so I've kind of been experimenting with that a little bit, too. That sounds cool. All right, with that, we'll get into final thoughts. Uh, Brad, what do you got? Got nothing, really. I'm uh, sitting here wondering about switching to DX11. And actually, I'm kind of curious about this voice attack. You said you've got the free version. Is that forever or is it like two months or three months or what? Well, it's free forever. I don't have to download any updates that he does. And if I do, it probably breaks any of the stuff that I've customized it with. So, what do you, what do you mean, the actual voice attack? Well, see, okay, so there's two components here. Voice attack is a program you have to buy for $12, I think. Hell, I got my free. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was 12 But anyway, once you have that, then you go to this guy and you get the free plugin. Or you can buy the Pro version for, I think, $16. I have not tried the Pro version. I'm still on the free version of it. I don't know if I'm going to buy the Pro version. I'm still on the fence with that. 
I'm trying to determine what are the differences. And basically, it's, the Pro version does a lot more, has a lot more functionality and a lot more commands built into it, basically, is the difference. But the question is, can I live without that? Is it worth the 16 bucks? So I'm still evaluating that part. But I do, I do recommend the free version at this point. But you got to be aware. You got to reset uh, your all your keyboard mappings to the uh, default keyboard mappings that came with iRacing when it was installed. So if you've gone into Sim Options and you've changed, oh, instead of the you know A key doing this, I want the A key to do that. You might have to switch it back before this thing will work. Keep us updated on that. Yeah, I mean, if you're still happy with it in two months, keep us updated. Yeah, it does a lot of neat stuff. It gives you information verbally, too. Uh, one challenge I have, too, is uh, it only maps the audio to your default audio device. So if you're running speakers and headphones like I am, it only goes to the speaker. So I've had to get creative with my my audio routing and stuff to try to get it to the headphones. And you just basically make the headphones your default audio device, and that's how you can do it. But All right. Thanks, Brad, for final thoughts. Kyle, what's, what do you got? I really don't have too much of anything. All right. Lance Gentles. Well, I'm going to be gone the next two weeks. Uh, I'm going to row. I'm going to a Renaissance fair this coming weekend, and <laughs> the following weekend, I'm going to be uh, out on Brainerd International Raceway in my own street car doing uh, doing some hot laps. So uh, there'll be some GoPro footage on uh, Tafosi Racing's uh, webpage or Facebook page uh, in the next coming coming weeks. You should do it in your pirate outfit. I might at that. <laughs> so you're you're going to the fair as a pirate to like you know be a pirate in front of the people that go, really go to the fair, right? Yeah, there's um, there's some themed weekends. This fair runs in Minneapolis um, for months and months, but they have weekends where they do uh, a specific theme. And the weekend we're going is Pirate Weekend, so I'm dressing up as a pirate uh, because I'm a giant child. Very good. Well, have fun with that. Uh, we'll, uh, and missing the t next two weeks, you're not in the points, obviously, but we'll miss you anyway. And uh, good luck at the uh, the real racetrack, and uh, look forward to those videos. All right, Carlos, what do you got? Final Nothing. thoughts. All right, and my final thoughts are Darlington. Uh, boy, I hope I can keep it out of the wall. That's a tough track. Um, yep. And I'm looking forward to the paint schemes. I hope everybody uh, goes retro this week like NASCAR does. So uh, get in the spirit, guys, uh, and, and get a retro scheme on this week. So with that, we'll see you next time. Later. Take care. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.